Lots of channels, nothing to watch, especially if you're searching for the truth. It's time to interrupt your regularly scheduled programs with something actually worth watching. Salem News Channel, straightforward, unfiltered, with in-depth insight and analysis from the greatest collection of conservative minds like Hugh Hewitt, Mike Gallagher, Sebastian Gorka, and more. Find truth. Watch 24-7 on SNC.TV and on Local Now, Channel 525. The views and opinions expressed by Rob Black and his guests are not necessarily those of KDOW or its management owners or advertisers and should not be construed as legal tax or investment advice. Always consult with the appropriate advisor before making any investment or financial planning decision. Hello, hello. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial, money invested, and more. Wow. Let's talk about some of the headlines out there. First and foremost, Anaheim Angels pitcher, 27 years old, dead. I bring that up because you never know when it's going to happen to you. And if you've got a wife and kids, you should plan for something bad happening to you. I know that does not make for the very happiest of news. Um, Stocks that are doing well this year, the first half of the year was glorious, and there was a lot of winners. Um, Cody was up 89%. Today, Cody is struggling. They're having problems with CoverGirl. They're having problems with their brands. Um, but the first half was a great half. Second half, we don't know about. Uh, Amazon recently said they're going to get into the beauty business for direct to like hairstylists and such like that. Not really the consumer side, but that got a lot of people scared that Amazon could do anything. Xerox was a big winner in the first half of the year, up 75%. Some people say, I didn't even know Xerox was still around. Because didn't they become kind of uh, irrelevant, irreverent, irrelevant when, you know, laser printers came along and scanners? They kind of did, but they're still, you know, you still use it as a buzzword. Uh, When you say, I I need a Xerox of this, what you need is a copy of it. But they've got a lot of uh, software. They're doing great with a new CEO. Chipotle was a big winner in the first half, up 65%. If you take a look at that stock, it is a roller coaster. And I see why some people think the stock market's a roller coaster, because you might have bought it at an all-time high, and you want it to be part of that winning, winning, winner, winner, chicken dinner thing. Um, and then it goes down 60%. It feels awful. But so far, first half of this year, it's up 65%. Cadence Design Systems, they make software that, that basically lets you design semiconductors. And this is important because entrepreneurs don't always know how to design semiconductors, so you have to have software to help you do it. Stock's up 63%. We have semiconductors in almost everything now. Not just your TV, not just your computer, not just your phone. Um, I've got an air filter that has a semiconductor in it, and it's testing air quality. So we're going to come up with more sensors for cars, more sensors for houses, uh, maybe sensors for your roof if there's too much snow on it, things like that. And um, the final stock that's up big this year is MSCI, up 62%. And they've got a good CEO. He was considered, he was, Barron's called him the best CEO in the world. That's a good title, right? It's a title I'd like to have. Um, but those are the big winners. When you take a look at the big losers, four out of five of them are retailers like Macy's and Nordstrom's and Gap. Gap hasn't been relevant in my mind in 10 to 15 years. What's horrible about that is that Banana Republic has kind of lost its edge. On top of that, Gap 
hasn't had a hit product to drive people into the stores. The best thing about Gap is Old Navy. Uh, moms like to buy their kids jeans for school, and they don't want to pay $35 at Nordstrom. They want to pay $7 or $8 at Old Navy. So that's worthy of note. Those are some of the headlines out there today. Um, some of the other headlines. Um, let's see. I don't know. I want to kind of be careful on the ones that I throw out there today because I want you to focus on um, getting to retirement. <laughs> oh, it's funny. You know how Wall Street thinks is they see like the Hunger Games and they're like, let's make the next Hunger Games because Jennifer Lawrence did so, 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 so well in that uh, trilogy or four movies, I guess it was. The third one was broken up into two movies. But um, Wall Street does the same thing. They try to copy things that are doing well. So the problem is sometimes when you try to copy the Hunger Games, you get Divergent. And Divergent, the first movie was okay, but then after that, it just went badly, badly down the hill. Um, Student loans are probably one of the biggest uh, anchors weight around young people's neck. And you want young people because ultimately you want them to succeed because ultimately they're going to become taxpayers. Uh, if you're 25 years old and you're making $30,000 a year, that's not good enough for me. I need you to be make more. So I want you to go back to school. I want you to buy a house because once you buy a house, instead of buying things like uh, video games, which I can invest in video games, so I don't care. But instead of buying things that don't give you a lot of long-term value, you, you could be investing in 401k, so you're buying stocks. That's good. Um, that helps me because I buy stocks, and eventually I want to sell a stock, and I have to sell it to someone who's bought one uh, or who will buy one is the right idea. But student loan debt is a big, big, big problem. Wages have increased 67% since 1970. 67% sounds good, but it's not. College tuition has increased at an even faster rate. So right now we're in the heat of the election season and there's something like 20 democrats running for president and one of the questions that gets brought up in debates will be like what are you going to do to propose to offset the cost of college elizabeth warren senator introduced a 1.25 trillion dollar plan to forgive most existing debt john delaney representative seth moulton senator christian gillibrand all have proposed student debt forgiveness or subsidized college for students who go into national service um, that's not a horrible idea. Um, but student debt's at $1.5 trillion, and it feels like four years ago it was at $1 trillion. Like it, It's accelerating. The average student loan debt now is $29,800. Now, you, you want these people to succeed, but that's like me saying, oh, you got a $29,800 bill for dinner or $29,800 credit card. You'd be like, whoa, college tuition has more than doubled since the 1980s. If I were to tell you how cheap my college tuition was the first quarter or the first semester, it would you would probably vomit. Um, tuition's risen from about $3,100 um, to $10,000 on an annual basis. And if you go into private schools, it's gone from $15,000 to $35,000. Now, $15,000 to $35,000 is well over 100%, right? And I said wages are up 67%. 3,000 to almost 10,000 is well above 100%, well above 200%. And yet wages are only up 67%. Three million senior citizens in the United States are still paying off student loans. 
Whoa. Young people aren't the only ones paying off debt. More than 3 million Americans aged 60 and older still owe $86 billion in unpaid student loans. It's too much. It's going to be something that's going to be a big issue. Big event coming up, speaking of big issues, as we approach retirement. Retirement planning is complicated. I don't like to do it. But a couple issues will help get you better. Social Security is not going to be enough, so you need to figure out the Social Security strategy. Try to wait as long as you can to take it because it's a good investment. You get 8% more return every year that you don't take it. That's that's a good market. That's a good number. Um, you can learn more about the event coming up in the Elks Lodge in Palo Alto. Registration is $25. Use code radio25. It's all about income in retirement, tax efficiencies in retirement, transitioning from growth portfolios, accumulation portfolios, to distribution portfolios. It may be more value portfolios. Everyone's going to be different. You can sign up for the event at robblackshow.com. It's robblackshow.com. And use code radio 25. Catch Rob Black and Rob Black and your money live on the Bay Area Airwaves. Weekday mornings from 7 to 9 on AM 1220 KDOW. And streaming live on the KDOW radio app or KDOW.biz. So something that happens during the summer months is the NBA does their draft and the NBA does their free agency period, as does the NHL and uh it's kind of exciting to see because if your team is a perennial loser, it's their chance to do a big turnaround. You know, it's their chance to suddenly become relevant again. Um, very rarely is it quite as obvious that the stock market and the NBA kind of have a, a direct relationship. There's this man named Kevin Durant. You may have heard of him. He's probably the biggest number one player in the world at this, this time. Some people say he's not. Uh, maybe I'm not going to get into that because I'm not a basketball guy. But the New York Knicks have basically stunk for 30 years. They've had some winning seasons. They've had some playoff runs. But it's been not a big title town. And the Knicks have missed out on the playoffs. They've missed out on signing any of the top-tier free agents this summer. They missed out on the number one draft pick they had a good chance at. And the worst part is their competition the Brooklyn Nets got Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving. So the Knicks are going to have to settle for a pretty good round, third round, uh, third, uh, three, number three pick, Duke's R.J. Barrett. But the top two were the best players. I mean, clearly cut above everyone else is, again, what I'm told. They signed some free agents that are pretty awful. But the NBA season, and especially uh, the Knicks, the Knicks compete. No, well, they're part of a publicly traded company. That's probably the best way of saying this. They're part of the Madison Square Garden Company, which also owns the New York Rangers. So in theory, you could become an owner of a basketball team by buying shares of these companies or a hockey team. Do you see where I'm going at with that? Now, that's not really how I want you to play this because it's bigger than just those two teams. They own a lot of arenas. Um, which clearly aren't struggling for business as they always be, seems to be some sort of entertainment everywhere. But yesterday, Madison Square Garden stock it reacted very poorly when it was learned that the Knicks didn't get um, Kevin Durant. And it's, it's pretty fascinating when you start thinking about it like that, um, in large part because what they lost in stock value would have been half of his four-year contract. And that's pretty humbling. Now, MSG also owns Radio City Music Hall. They own the Chicago Theater, the Beacon Theater, the Forum near Los Angeles. Uh, MSG also owns the Knicks of the NBA, the Rangers. 
they also own regional sports networks, MSG, MSG Plus, streaming platforms for baseball, um, for basketball's Knicks and New York Liberty, for hockey's Rangers and the Islanders, the Devils and the Buffalo Sabres. So it's kind of a way to play a sports franchise, kind of. But I digress. The problem with the Knicks right now is they're so bad, their television ratings are a fraction of what they used to be. We'll get to that in a second. Part of that is is because Netflix is taking eyeballs away, and Walt Disney's got the new Disney+. Plus. Now people in New York are going to be able to look at the Nets game, Brooklyn Nets, and go, that's more entertaining than the Knicks game. Now, the Knicks belong to Madison Square Garden, like I said. Um, their stock has done well in recent years as the company has invested in arenas and a value of sports franchises has grown. So if you think the Knicks are going to be a $5 billion team, that's probably going to sell at some point for $6 billion or $7 billion or $8 billion. It's a way of investing. Do you see how it goes? Now, owners of a company like this make the majority of their revenues from two sources, advertising during commercial breaks and affiliate fees that can charge cable companies. Now, the cable companies are really struggling with Netflix and Amazon and Hulu, on-demand streaming services. But yet, we still know that regional sports are the biggest driver to live television there is. It's certainly not, you know, NBC Thursday nights at 8. It's the Super Bowl. It's your hockey team going deep in the playoffs. Now, the Knicks had their lowest TV ratings, averaged about 80,000 viewers a game. Just five years ago, there were three times that. So it's dying. Now, you get the regional cable companies. Like, you've heard of YouTube TV? I have YouTube TV, and I love it. It's a great service. I wonder why Apple hasn't copied it. But YouTube TV and Hulu Live are looking at companies like MSG and saying, you know, it's really expensive to carry you. You charge us a lot of money in the carriage fees, and your product stinks, and the numbers aren't there of eyeballs. So you're either going to lower your rate or we're going to drop you from our regular service. We'll make you available in an advanced tier that people have to pay like an extra $9 for sports. Keep in mind, this is why you're an investor. You're trying to kind of learn to put the pieces together. So Disney, on the other hand, doesn't have the problem that MSG does. MSG, they want to get their product on, on cable companies and streaming TV services. But Disney also has ESPN. They've got ABC. They've got the Disney Channel. They've got a lot more portfolio a lot more content they could tell the live streamers like Google's live, uh, YouTube TV and Hulu Live. And they could say, take it or leave it. Now, it's interesting to note that a little bit of star power could have gone a long way on the Knicks roster. And it would have delivered a much more competitive product, both on the court and on the television screen. I'm guilty. I, I, watch, I don't watch every Warriors game. But as they get closer to the playoffs, I, I think I do. So, and it's all about star power. If, if the Golden State Warriors didn't have the Splash Brothers, I wouldn't be watching. Um, and next year's gonna be a tough year because they've got hurt players and you know, kind of a they overpaid for some players and they lost Kevin Durant. So, a lot of the reasons you would watch are no longer there. So, the problem with the Knicks is they keep waiting for next year, and that's a tough one in the world of investments. So. If you're with me against me, I get it. 800-516-1220 to call the show. Big retirement income and tax planning seminar, July 11th, the Palo Alto Elks Lodge, 630-830. You can learn more at robblackshow.com and use the code RADIO25. Now, one of the stocks that's gotten a lot of attention this year for next year is AMD. 
it looks like AMD's chip graphic processing chip, the GPU, is going to be inside of the, the new Microsoft Xbox. For now, let's just call it the new micro, the 2020 Microsoft Xbox. I don't know what else to call it. And it's also going to be in Sony's PlayStation 5. To win both of those is amazing. Now, NVIDIA kind of ran into a problem where their product refresh wasn't quite as good as AMD's product refresh. And usually NVIDIA's product refresh is better than AMD's. So guess what? NVIDIA's not going to stand still. They're seeing AMD getting all the love. They're getting all the analyst attention. So they're going to release three new Turing-based cards later this month. The GeForce RTX 2080 Super, the GeForce RTX 2070 Super, the GTX RTX 2060 Super. And that should get them a little bit more competitive until they come up with a, a, a newer platform. It's interesting to know that sometimes you fall in love with a story like AMD getting both the Xbox and the PlayStation, and their CPUs are doing well in the server market. And then right next to, you're, you're ready to make your buy, and NVIDIA changes the rules yet again. Anyhow, and anyway, big seminar coming up July 11th, Palo Alto. You can learn more by going to Rob Black's show and use the code RADIO25. Want the podcast with music? Find the link to the other version of the podcast by going to Rob Black's Twitter. His handle is at Rob Black Show. Listen to Rob Black and Your Money weekday mornings, 7 to 9 on AM 1220 KDOW. Holiday weeks are very, very difficult. Holiday like Thanksgiving Thursday or 4th of July comes in the middle of the week. Shifts down to holiday mode. Now, I know... Nine-day vacations are kind of like the norm on Wall Street. Anytime there's a holiday on Monday, Friday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, heck, let's just take the whole week off. Doesn't mean the market won't go up or down, but it shifts down into holiday mode. And it's an opportunity for you to stop, relax, take a look at your portfolio, Uh, maybe say, heck, do I have enough insurance in case I die? A young man, 27-year-old pitcher for the... Anaheim Angels died in his hotel room. I'm hoping we don't learn anything about foul play or drugs or anything like that or suicide. I'm hoping it's something like he just had a glitch in his heart and they didn't catch it. With that said, he probably had life insurance. Do you? Did you expect to hear that a 27-year-old athlete in his prime, and again, I still don't know the circumstances, so I should really shut up. And I'm using a, a bad example because it may be too soon. But you get the idea of things that you need to look at. Uh, driving around town, I saw a person who had bikes on their bike rack. And the bike fell off the bike rack because bike racks are made in a very similar uniform fashion. Whether it's a Thule or the other one, um, they sometimes don't take some of the modern frame designs into account because they can't. Modern frame design companies don't take into the fact that you have to drag your bike all around town in kind of an antiquated style bike rack. But when the bike comes off and you see it happening, you're like, uh-oh, I see a guy right behind him in the car, and that could end very, very badly. No one was expecting a problem, but it happens. Accidents happen. So please, at some point in time, consider getting term life insurance. Don't do whole life. Don't do variable life. I have term life insurance. Do you listen to the show because I'm smart with money or do you listen to the show because I'm stupid? I've got a friend who his kid plays soccer with my kid and he's an insurance salesperson. And one time he sat there, we went to lunch, we're just talking about soccer, we're talking about kids, we're talking about you know normal things, 
high cost eleven. He's like, have you considered universal life? I'm like, no, I don't really need it. I've already got enough assets. If I die, my family's taken care of. But don't you want to give them more? I'm like, no. I got term life in case I die before 60 because I plan to work till 60. Not because I have to, but because I want to show kids what it's like to work. I don't want them sitting with me playing Xbox all day. I could, but you get the idea. And he's like, how about whole life? And I'm like, no, not, not at this point in my life. Sorry. Whole life is typically sold to undereducated people. Sometimes they come from different countries. Sometimes they uh, are just basic high school education, which I have no problem with just basic high school education. But you tend not to even learn anything financially speaking in high school or college. It doesn't come till you start to have a family. And if that first person gets to you as an insurance person and says, hey, do you need whole life? You know, it's very little money and you can borrow against it later in life. You're borrowing against your own money. You would be better off buying term life and putting the putting this difference, invest the rest. So the term, the phrase on Wall Street that pays is buy term, invest the rest. So you don't have to borrow from yourself because it'll be yours. So last week was a very super powerful fun week. And what I mean by that, G20 was coming up. This week, it's kind of a July 4th is beckoning. Oh, and it's, it's summertime. Summertimes tend to fade a little bit until you get back to school. Uh, we do have President Trump making noise. Saying that trade talks with China have already resumed. Woohoo! Yay! We can buy cheap goods from them. Um, but he's also starting to focus light on uh, US, UBS, not UBS, excuse me, uh, the European Union. And uh, what he's looking at with the European Union is that they have Airbus. There's two major airplane makers in the world Boeing and Airbus. Now, Airbus uses parts from four or five European countries that, you know, one of them does jet engines, one of them does the wings, one of them does the seats, one of them does the cockpit. You get the idea, right? And to make them competitive with the United States, they're like, hey, company, Airbus, you don't actually have to make money. If you employ people and you sell big ticket items that we can tax, we'll give you some subsidies. Boeing doesn't get that. Now, Boeing can say, hey, we're going to leave Seattle and we want to go to Chicago or we'll open a plant in North Carolina. And they, yeah, you get tax breaks, no doubt. So it's not as clean of a let's point the finger at them and saying, hey, you're getting government handouts. That's not fair. How can we compete with that? But that could be something that is pretty interesting. Um, it, it would be a positive for Boeing uh, to think that the president's trying to protect them. You get the idea, right? But we still are kind of in this whole tariff thing, and it doesn't feel like it's going to go away like it should. Still in it. We're in it to win it. <laughs> no, that's not what we're doing. You know what's a company that's a good example of, of something we should talk about? is Microsoft. Microsoft obviously had a big, big win in the 1980s by designing software for the operating system for IBM. And in the 1990s, they got DOS. Um, this digital operating system. And then they're like, okay, you can write cute commands like um, C colon, and you'd look at your hard drive, and you could have pictures in there. You can go to them, and you can uh, go to a file folder that had a video game in it. It was an EXE, and you'd hit the you know, Atari.exe. And then they're like, let's visualize this. Let's use a graphical user interface, a GUI. Um and they got Windows 95, which was the DOS replacement, essentially. It was a different experience. Um, they got the Rolling Stones start me up. The Rolling Stones never sell their songs to commercials. And guess what the Rolling Stones did? They sold a song to a commercial. And then they got their antitrust. Let's, let's flash forward. Then they got the Internet, which helped. 
everyone wanted their, their computer online. Then they got the operating, the internet, Netscape came out with a browser and Microsoft said, let's copy that. Let's just build that into our computer. So Netscape was trying to make money off their browser. And Microsoft says, we'll just build it into our operating system. Ha, ha, ha. And then you got into some antitrust issues and the stock fell apart. Then you got into the Bill Gates leaving the company as the CEO. He's still on the board. He's still powerful. Um, but the Steve Ballmer years weren't good. The Steve Ballmer years, a lot of bad product, a lot of missteps. They missed the phone. Ballmer laughed at the iPhone. Huge mistake. But the company's come back and sits at an all-time high. It's worthy of note that they have the size and scale to do that. So when you look at your companies that you invest in, look at size and scale. Microsoft is making a ton of money. Trillion plus dollar market cap. That's pretty close to Amazon and Apple on a day-by-day basis. Who's the most valuable company? Now keep in mind, being a trillion dollar company has been a kiss of death in the past. There's been companies like ExxonMobil and companies like Cisco Systems that hit it, never get close to it again. So it's worth it, it, it's something you should pay attention to. Now there's something called on-premise software businesses and the companies like Cloudera. That's Cloudera sounds like a strip club to me or something. I don't know. Uh, Ticker symbol CLDR. Maybe it's a, a place where you can go work out. Cloudera. Let's go to Cloudera. Pivotal. Ticker symbol PVTL. VMware. Ticker symbol VMW. Um, and investors have begun to worry that Microsoft has competition from these guys. And it's a lot of the very old, boring stuff that Microsoft still does quite well. Uh, data management software, SQL Server database, uh, server operating systems, Windows Server OS. Uh, but even on their cloud, they're finding Microsoft is hosting more Linux operating systems than they are hosting Windows operating systems, which is pretty fascinating. SQL Server is the number two position in database market behind Oracle and ahead of IBM and SAP. So Microsoft's still making some pretty good money off some of these old platforms that you know they, they became dominant in. Worthy of note that when Red Hat Software came out, early 2000s, late 90s, and they're like, we don't, you didn't really know what the company was going to do, but they were going to do Linux operating system. They're going to try to make it Red Hat, Red Hat Linux. Wall Street didn't really know, and Wall Street had to figure out, is Linux really going to put Microsoft out of business? Instead of paying $119 for a new operating system on every computer you got, you can community update Linux and live off that that operating system. Um, but Microsoft shook it off, and they're still alive. It's like that Eddie Vedder song, ah, I'm still alive. Pacific Northwest, you get the, the draw. <laughs> I'm an idiot today. I'm so, so sorry. Um, other things that we need to be talking about today. Let's take a look at what's the market's driving off of. I think it's heavily tied towards vacation time. Not a lot of early conviction on Wall Street. We're post-G20 enthusiasm. China's Trump are still talking it out. Should be choppy. Should, shouldn't be too volatile. Um, but there's still some business news to talk about. You can find me online at robblackshow.com. It's robblackshow.com. It's the code radio 25 to get in the seminar coming up July 11th in Palo Alto at the Elks Lodge. Find out more at robblackshow.com. Don't forget, there's another hour of today's show to listen to. Find it now at kdow.biz or on the KDOW radio app.
looking at the five worst stocks so far this year, four of them were big box retailers. Worthy of note, Amazon has a very powerful shadow out there. Powerful enough that companies like Walmart are calling them out. John Oliver just did a segment on Amazon, which was fantastic. And maybe not right, but it was fantastic. So he basically said... The fact that you can get stuff delivered to you, you have to you just have to get in your car and go to the store, and now you can just stay home, and someone will grab it for you and bring it to you for less money than it used to cost you to go and get it. Uh, he said, there's something broken there. Now, an Amazon executive instantly went back after John Oliver and said, you know, we've got an industry-leading $15 minimum wage. We've got comprehensive benefits. We've got plenty of programs to offer these people who work for us. So there's a little bit of, they're a really big company thing going on. That's a good thing, bad thing. You don't want to be too big that the Department of Justice looks into you. Go ask Microsoft. They had years of underperformance because of it. Then again, the fact that people are calling for your heads in antitrust tells you something. An association of U.S. retail giants, including Walmart, Target, Best Buy, have backed calls for an antitrust investigation into Amazon and Google. Now, Google's the weird twist here. Washington, D.C. has a growing hostility towards Amazon. AOC, Miss Cortez, congressperson, basically stopped. Not that she was part of a group that stopped Amazon from coming to New York City. And a lot of people are upset that you know high-paying jobs left. A lot of people are happy that high-paying jobs never came in, in large part because low-paying jobs are paying lower rents right now. The retail industry leading association, the RELA, uh, which counts Walmart, Target, Best Buy as members, basically is saying it would be happy to assist with regulatory probes. And they're going after big companies. Letters dated the 30th. It outlines the association's belief in antitrust laws need to be adopted to accommodate big tech companies like Amazon, Google, and Facebook. It's kind of funny that Walmart's in this, right? Because isn't Walmart the one that used to put all the mom and pops out of business? Um, you know, Walmart's a tough company. They would go to, you know, they'd rent out like a baseball stadium and they'd get 10 suppliers for, you know, 1,000 products. And they'd say, okay, who's got the cheapest hammer? Who's got the best hammer? And then, like, now who's got the cheapest hammer? Who's going to give us the best for the cheapest? They're cutthroat. So, interesting that this group of retailers is saying Amazon is using anti-competitive uses of data, as is Facebook and Google. They're worried about the data. So, Amazon and Google, not immediately available for comment. But the FTC and the Department of Justice are both, the FTC is responsible for Facebook and Amazon. The Department of Justice is Google and Apple. It could be a good thing and a bad thing to be in a monopoly. When you play Monopoly and you own 70% of the board, <laughs> every time someone rolls the dice, they're probably paying you some money, right? So the downside is if you get regulatory too much, it could cut down your, your efficiencies. I heard one proposal by a congressperson that Facebook should be legally required to tell you how much they make off your data. Facebook's some, at some point in time going to charge for storage if they, if they don't make money somehow, right? That's my opinion. So Roku got a downgrade, streaming device company. Stocks aren't meant to go up and up and up and up forever. Stocks aren't meant to go down and down and down forever. I used to know someone in radio 
Uh, his last name was Vickers. He was not very smart. He would say things on air like, oh, IBM, it's going to zero. Now, IBM has certainly underperformed long stretches in history of the stock market. But to say it's going to zero is just, it's, it's just not right. So what I want you to get out of that is I don't own shares of Roku directly. I probably own it in an index somewhere, but not directly. Stocks, when they're trading at ten, uh, two times sales, they're a lot less risky than if they're trading at 10 times sales. And you should be able to, to feel comfortable with a downgrade of your company you like. If Apple's up 30% for the year, do you think I'm upset if they don't go up 40%? Nah, 30%'s great. So own it a little bit. Cody, remember how we are talking about one of the top five performers of the year? They're going to restructure its operations. Take a $3 billion write down on several of its brands, including CoverGirl. Millennials aren't very loyal to brands anymore. City also downgraded the stock to sell from neutral, saying the turnaround's going to take longer to turn, which reminds me of Warren Buffett. He's got 25 quotes that you can go download at newfocusfinancial.com, 25 quotes from uh, Warren Buffett. And one of those quotes is, turnarounds seldom turn. So you have to be careful when you're owning stocks. Listen to some wise people. Nike pulled a sneaker featuring an early U.S. flag known as Betsy Ross flag. Former NFL quarterback Colin Kaepernick, uh, you know, he said, yeah, it's offensive to some people. It's got 13 stars, and it's a time when the U.S. was a colony and they were importing slaves. So Nike pulls it. Someone from Arizona, I want to say a governor, is saying, okay, Nike, if you pull that flag, we're going to, because we're a very patriotic state, we're going to pull some of your tax benefits. All good stuff. One of my favorite people to listen to talk is CEO Jamie Dimon of J.P. Morgan Chase. One of the coolest credit cards costs $450 a year, but they give you $300 of travel credit. And it gives you 3% on restaurants and 3% on flights and 3% on hotels. Those are good perks. So then you, all you have to do is justify the $150. If, you're, if you travel once a year, you're, it's really only a $150 card. And they've got some perks tied towards it. But Jamie Dimon's talking about how the millennials love, they don't use his banks. They don't use Chase Banks, but they use his credit card because they're digitally savvy. Um, I think he's a really, really smart guy. If you ever hear Jamie Dimon and you put him in your Google alerts, uh, news stories come across, I think he's worth looking at. Anyhow and anyway, big seminar coming up July 11th, Thursday in Palo Alto at the Elks Lodge. Going to be talking about retirement income. That's probably one of the things you, you don't really think about until you have to. You can sign up for the event at newfocusfinancial.com. It's newfocusfinancial.com. And use the code RADIO25 to get in for free if you've never been to an event. Learn more about the event and get some of those downloadables, like the Buffett download.